Welcome to Radio Rehab. This is our Storyteller Series. I'm Dana, and I'm a recovering addict and alcoholic. If you're just tuning in for the first time, Radio Rehab is now a daily show where I have a guest co-host in with me for the entire week, and we talk all things recovery. This week, my guest co-host is my very own mother. On this episode, my mom tells a very gut-wrenching, painful, hard-to-hear story about my past and how she and I were psychically connected at the time that I got sober. Check it out. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. We are back in studio for our final day with... Uh, producer Shar and our special guest for the week, my mom, Kate. Hello. Uh, so, like I said, I feel like this is the biggest gift I could give to people. Really, is to have a show that's this this open, where it's with this kind of transparency, where mm-hmm. I show them what you know what it's like. Because I think you know all my listeners are addicts. They're not. It turns out at all. Half of them like don't use, and it gives them they listen because it gives them mm-hmm. insight into somebody else, which is like shocking to me. And then there's people who, um, you know, are the parent, spouse, brother, sister of an addict or an alcoholic. And I mean, there's even some who have nothing, don't have any addiction in their life, and they're just interested in addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of feel like this. For you know, because I've watched my my aunt go through this with my with my cousin mm-hmm. when he was using, and I and I I forgot about how difficult it must have been for you mm-hmm. to be my mom for so incredibly long. <laughs> still, um, I am good guy. I know, right? Because <laughs> really, you know, you probably still in the back of your mind mm-hmm. wonder is is it who knows? Because you never mm-hmm. know. You just never know. It's something that you can only do for one day at a time if you're doing mm-hmm. it correctly. You you can't say, yeah, I promise I'll be sober in ten years. You know, I can say I promise I'm not going to yeah. drink or use today, and I'm going to ask for help doing that again tomorrow. Um, but one thing that we were talking about yesterday was when when I was at my worst, mm-hmm. and uh, how my worst got progressively worse. Mm-hmm. And you told me a story recently that I had not heard, which was how you... Uh, how you handled that. And I think mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. the story. Mm-hmm. So tell that story, please. This was a time, man, I kind of lost track of which, how old you were. Um, but you know, you know, like when you were out on the street or, and we didn't know where you were. A lot of times we knew, you know, like you were in a sober living. We kind of knew there was somebody that would take care of you, somebody that would, Put a roof over your head. Let them let you stay with them. Even somebody that some poor schmuck, <laughs> or somebody that would, you know, um, even pay for a hotel for the night. And when it it got that rough that I hadn't heard from you, you were on the street, mm-hmm. somewhere on the street. And and I know you said this in one of the other episodes of. I was really waiting for the cops to just knock on my door and tell me you were dead. And um, I remember Keith was was on the road. And I must have spent about two weeks walking around the house, 
picked up every picture of you from the time you were a little girl born, <laughs> you know, up to the present and just cried. I think the hardest thing, you know, was the loss of my own dreams because it makes me cry. <laughs> me too. <laughs> you know? um, from the time I, first time I held you in my arms, you know, I have dreams for you. And as you grow and you become this beautiful little toddler and insane beautiful little toddler, <laughs> and I mean, you, you know, you could just see you, you have a, you had something to do on this earth. And I know every parent thinks their child is special, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I mean, you just, you were the light of my life, you know? And, and you know, I just picture your wedding, picture uh -huh. what you were going to become. You know, you, you were so crazy creative, and the world was, you could have done anything anything with your life and you're on the street and at this point I gave up I really gave up because I thought there, there's just no coming back from this I'd seen you I you know you would occasionally come home with abscesses on your neck and you know we'd put you up for a couple of days and take you to a doctor and get you know antibiotics and kind of treat whatever you were going through at the time and then you'd disappear again so I really I really gave up and I took your pictures and like I said I took spent a couple of weeks just looking at them and grieving for every particular dream I ever had for you and you know crying just uh -huh. grieving as though you were gone Grieving as though you were gone. Is grieving as though I had truly lost you. And I don't know. It left me just, I don't know, in a way it was cathartic, and it, it, but it left me just empty, feeling empty. Um, and I think it was like a day later that you show up. I, there, there's some connection between us. I mean, there was some psychic thing, I believe, that happened when I let go. What they were telling me in AA, uh -huh. you know? When I really, really let go on the deepest level. I mean, how much deeper can you get yeah. than letting go of your life? And grieving and gri the loss grieving, of this person. Yeah, grieving as though you were gone. And then... I think it's like 24 hours later that you called us. You you showed up and went, I'm done. I want to go into a rehab. Not only that, but you had the name of the one you were going into. And, you know, if we had paid for it, we could have put you in that night. And, I mean, you came up, you were seriously wanting to do this. And I could see a huge difference in you. But... um Keith and I figured, you know, if you really wanted to do it, you needed to do it on your own. And you waited to get a state bed. Mm -hmm. A county-funded bed. A county-funded bed. We made you wait. I think it was Which two was weeks. Which was so scary to know. Oh, my God. Times, it was you, for me, too. You could have gone back out. But it was like, if you want this, if you really want it, 
because that's what they always say. It's not going to work till the addict really wants it to work. And there's something to be said for the pain of detox because I did really want it. Mm -hmm. And thank God for that doctor who should not be prescribing stuff like that. But he did. He gave me take home methadone pills because I couldn't I couldn't go through the withdrawals on my own. It was just too much. I wouldn't I would have given up. But so that that really helped. Mm -hmm. I had the the methadone pills until I got in into the treatment center that I went through. Mm -hmm. And I was in there for a year. You stayed in there. That, I mean, when you wanted it, you wanted it, and you, you went to, the end of the earth for it. Yep. And I know I told you after a year, you you stayed in the rehab a year. You went into sober living, which you cannot go do something for twenty eight days and come out. I'm saying. Oh this to yeah, other people it's who yeah. Think, you cannot who think you're done or think you can go back to your life. There's just too many triggers. There's too much. Oh my God! Yeah, you yeah. don't know how to live yet no. without your stuff, no. without your crutch. But you did this right. You you stayed in. How long were you in the sober living? Six like, more months. Yeah, six more months. You got a job. Uh-huh. Um, and for the first time in your life, you you really built your life and you built it on sobriety yeah and you worked that program I mean I I know I would tell you after after a year um you were my hero you know I mean it's like I've I've watched Keith I've watched all the people around him be in the program for years you worked it in a year I mean you were so honest with yourself and, um, you know, like I said, I've seen many people in the program for many, many years, and you did more in a year. You did, you worked so hard. You were fearless. Oh, I think I had fear, but. Well, maybe. I worked through it, I guess. <laughs> I worked through well, it. Well, maybe fierce would be a better Yeah, I think word. I was fierce. fierce. I was fierce because I was definitely scared. stop you. And really, I mean, you you did more in that year, a year and a half, than, than I had seen people with, you know, much older than you and much longer drug use and just not work the program like you did it. Yeah. I feel like that's one thing. I don't know if I learned it from Keith or mm-hmm. I don't know where I got it. But I don't fool around. I mean, after a certain age, it's like I didn't fool around with the program unless I was serious about yeah. it. Like I was like, I, w- I never have been the type to go, I'm just going to go to a meeting and make everybody mm-hmm. think I'm doing okay. Like I'm just either completely one foot in the grave yeah. or completely in recovery. Right. Because I can't, I, I there is no middle ground for me. I, I mean, as you see, mm-hmm. you know, like when I, <laughs> you know, like I'm either all in or mm-hmm. I'm all out. Right. And I think that's, as far as like parents or people with an addict in your family, I feel like that's something you need to look for is, are they willing to go to a 28-day program, but then they're telling you what they're not going to do after that? Because that was always my thing. You had done plenty of those. Remember that? Yeah. I I can take it from here. Yeah. 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 I got this. I don't need your help. Yeah. Like 28 days. I'm cured. You don't get it. I know myself. Right. You know, when really it's like you need to learn how to take you need to learn how to take direction, basically. You mm-hmm. need to learn how to be told what to do mm-hmm. because we're so defiant, mm-hmm. addicts and alcoholics. We're so, I mean, it's a, we're a bunch of anarchists. We're so against authority yeah. that it's like, it, it's almost like it offends you to your core when somebody gives you a suggestion. 
Right. So I mean, that's the that's something that I would tell other people to look for is no, I will I will do this, but I will not do that. There right. can't be something you're not willing. Even to Even a do. lot of it, you would do all of this, but this one little area over here. Yeah, I don't need this. Yeah, I don't need the I don't need the advice here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And no. that would that's what always tripped you up. Oh, and I when I see mm-hmm. that with other people, like mm-hmm. if I'm sponsoring somebody, if I if I see it with anybody, well, the relationship stuff is a suggestion. When I hear that, I cringe. I'm like, yeah. it's a suggestion for a reason, right? You know, I mean, I hate watching people go out over stupid relationships. It's like, God, <laughs> I mean, I can't judge what what people go out over, but I mean, I felt like it took it took Keith dying to bring me down, mm-hmm. and that's because I quit working my program and also got into a relationship. Relationship. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and I put everything into that relationship mm-hmm. because I had never really been in one sober. Right. It was it was almost my first relationship in a way. I mean, there was one there was relationships. He didn't get it at all. So was, I could easily yeah, when yeah. I was in my own self denial, he'd be in denial right with me because he believed everything I told him. Because I yeah. seemed so self actualized to him. Because mm-hmm. I had done a lot of thinking and reading and studying yeah. and therapy. But yeah, I yeah, mean, you when I sounded like you had it down. Oh, I totally sounded yeah. like I had it down. Because then, I mean, when you when he died and you started drinking, it was too much for me. Oh, and I know, and and you were so angry. And oh my and I god, re- I, I wanted remember, to sue somebody. I remember talking, you know, talking to Jeremy, and he would go, "Well, I, you know, well, I've seen her have a drink socially, <laughs> you know, and and she's she's okay." She'll be okay. He was trying. He just did not get, you know. Yeah. And, and I said, well, I've seen her get a, have a drink, and heroin is all of a sudden a good idea again. Yeah. You know? And, um, yeah. How we get off? We got off well, on relationships. Well, yeah, because we got off on relationships. <laughs> yeah. we, it's taking suggestions. Can, yeah. Like, yeah. they say, don't do this. And, I, I mean, I had, mm-hmm. like three years or no maybe mm-hmm. two and a half years when I met him uh it was just that I chose to quit working a program mm-hmm. at the same time mm-hmm. like I'm the type of my, my sponsor said this to one of our other sponsees uh I'm the kind of you're the kind of alcoholic who needs a lot of meetings I'm the kind of alcoholic mm-hmm. who needs a lot of meetings yeah. like my disease required constant use I didn't take a day off from my disease like I drank in the morning I, I mean, I used all day. My whole life was about it. So it's like I need to be that ardent about my recovery. Yeah. Because I have to be. So it's like when I fall back on that, you, you notice it. Mm-hmm. I notice it. Mm-hmm. Other people notice it. I get really short-fused. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, yeah, that's another thing I think that that you know from watching me that you could tell other parents, and or not just parents, but, you know, other people who have addicts in their lives is uh, they have to go to meetings. Mm-hmm. We have to go you to meetings. Have to go to meetings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and luckily, I like going to meetings now because mm-hmm. I, I heard somebody once say in the program, "How long do I have to go to meetings for?" And the answer was, "Until you like it." Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. It's like when somebody says, "Oh, she has to go to meetings." It's like, no, she doesn't have to go. to I know meetings. who you're talking about. Yeah. I know because she says that to me. Well, how long she do you was, have to go for? And she I'm like, forever. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh my god, forever! That's terrible!" And I'm like, mm-hmm. "No, where else would I be?" You know, yeah, besides with a group sober. of sober drunks, there's yeah. nowhere I'd rather be right. than with other people who've been there. And, you know, now we're happy, joyous and free, mm-hmm. as they say, <laughs> although there's, you know, stuff involved. But, yeah, it's like one thing we didn't talk about also is uh, my biological father. And I know. But so uh, 
but just real quick, I know there's no real quick way to go over this, but uh, he was killed when he was 24 years old, and it was like a month before I was born. So you went what through that. It was two and a half weeks from your due date. Right. Okay, two yeah. and a half weeks before, before my due date. At which point I retroactively tried to go back in the womb, which is something I tried to do, then do for the rest of my life yeah. because I didn't want to come out and all that. But that's why this time, when Keith died, it's like I felt like how dare you to yeah. god or yeah. whoever's out yeah. there like i felt like that was a deal breaker mm-hmm. like i didn't get to have a well, biological father <laughs> yeah right yeah. yeah i mean two husbands yeah for you i can imagine but the thing is the difference between you and me is you you didn't look for a way out you were like i'm there is no way out i'm here i'm a human and i have to deal with this mm-hmm. for me i was like i'll show you god or universe yeah. or whatever's out there you know like I'm going to get out of this somehow. And mm-hmm. you can't. You can't get out of it. You can't. Because it's 10 years later when I decided to feel it. When I let myself feel it. Oh, mm-hmm. it was still there and it hurt. Yeah. It yeah. still hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, we're recording the show on the anniversary of his death. And it still hurts. Mm-hmm. So me running from it from all those years and drinking and, and trying to ignore it didn't do me a damn bit of good. Mm-mm. But I think you said, you know, like after we spread the ashes this, this fall... Um, it's like you could feel him all around, but that heaviness was gone. Yeah, the weight. The weight of it. The weight that was pulling mm-hmm. it almost like, it's almost like we mm-hmm. we allowed him to now watch over us or be mm-hmm. wherever he's going to be. I mean, I don't know what, what's after death. I don't think anybody no. knows, but no. I just felt like it's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And we released that energy that we were holding on to, released that grief mm-hmm. that we were holding on to. That I mean, I was wearing like a cast, like, oh, yeah. my dad died. I don't have to go to do this. My right. dad died, so I can't do that. My dad died, so I'm not going to a wedding to watch your dad walk you down the damn aisle. You know, yeah. all these things that I got to wear as like a cast, mm-hmm. like I, that were a handicap mm-hmm. to me. I can't do that because my dad. It's like, yeah. no, I can. And some things I have to, and mm-hmm. some things I get to, uh, but but I, I want to live my life the way he would have wanted me to live my life now, mm-hmm. as a tribute to him. That's what I get to do. And I'm sure he's proud of you. I hope so. I, I mean, I know he is too. It's hard to say. It makes me want to cry, but <laughs> I know he is too, yeah. and I feel like I feel like he's on the show right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's here with us, and... Um, I'm just grateful that I have so many people in recovery that I've watched go through the same exact situation mm-hmm. with the grace that I lacked 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah. um, with the beauty that I lacked 12 years ago, I, I get to watch them do it the right mm-hmm. way and stay sober. And, and I'm just so grateful for that. I'm grateful to my friends and sponsor. and um, But mostly I'm really grateful that you're still my mom. I always will be. Because <laughs> you certainly could have shut me out. <laughs> I love you. I love you, too. I bet we're going to have a lot of questions about the show, questions you want to ask my mom or me. Uh, The email is radiorehab at gotoproductions.com. That's G-O-T-O productions.com. You can call or text 415-496-9511 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's at Radio Rehab Dana. We will be back next week. Thank you for listening. Uh, I will try to get your emails to my mom if you have some for her. And we were talking about this. I'm sure your things are going to come to you that you forgot yeah. to talk about. And they we will are. do. <laughs> they already are, of course. Yeah. So we're going to do a recap on this show. We'll have you come back and you write those things down as they come to you. Okay. 
Thank you for listening. Keep coming back. Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll